Welcome to Well-Defined and Wonderful, the podcast about mathematical intricacies and beauty in mathematical analysis. Hello and welcome to Well-Defined and Wonderful. Uh, this is the second podcast about uncountability of R. And last time we discussed countably infinite sets, that is, the sets that can be bijectively mapped uh, from the natural numbers into the set. And now we're talking about the uncountability of R. So apparently where we cannot do that. Um, if, you look into the, if, if you look into the script, um, you can see that uh, the rational numbers are countable. And basically um, the rationale to prove that is using these infinitely many buses example we had last time. So um, this is all done now. And we, um, ex we, we hope you, you got a grasp on those ideas. And now we talk about the real stuff, uh, the real, real stuff about the uncountability of R. So uh, can we reduce this a little bit? Because I think talking about the whole set of R is a bit challenging. Can we, can we maybe uh, talk about something less challenging at, uh, to, to start with, Fabian? Yes, so maybe uh, let us just look at the uncountability of a uh, bounded and closed interval of real okay. numbers. So um, let's say maybe the interval from zero to one, it seems like a manageable piece of real numbers. Yes, yes, I, I, I picture that now in my head, the closed interval from zero to one, including zero and one. Okay, yeah. so how can one actually start proving that this interval of real numbers is uncountable? What, is, what, what would be a good, uh, good uh, thing to start with? Yeah, maybe let's first uh, recap what is what countability means. So we talked about this in the episode about countability. That is, we are looking for a mapping of natural numbers into our set that is um, bijective. So for for each uh, natural number, we find another number in our set. So the set we are talking now is our interval from zero to one. So. Um, and if we find something like this, then our set is called countable. Yeah. And examples for countable sets, um, well, they are everywhere. I think the natural numbers, integer numbers, and rational numbers. And yeah. one would assume that, well, if I have the rationals, that this, this is not a big step to the real numbers. But um, we will see now that uh, there's still a lot to add in some sense. Yeah, I remember. I remember the, talking about uh, the completeness axiom together with Gabriel a um, couple of months back, and we um, talked about the completeness um, is as we would fill the holes of the rationals, and apparently filling those holes um, is the catch to actually also prove the uncountability of R. So um, we start off. You said when we when we prove something is uncountable with maybe assuming that it was countable? Yes. So we, this is a classical example of a proof by a contradiction. So we start out with, we, we just assume what, what, what would happen if R would be countable. Um, and then we try to deduce a contradiction. Yeah. Okay. So let's start with a, a sequence of real numbers that lies in our interval from zero to one. Yeah. Okay. Um, I call the sequence xn. All right. So um, now we need to construct 
certain subintervals that have the property that um, the sequence element is not contained within them. So this should be possible if we just start with our first um, element of our sequence, x1. Okay, so I take x1. So x1 is certainly in, in some area of my um, interval from zero to one. Um, how, can I, how can I definitely say in which area it is not? Uh, well, so what we can do is we can split our interval into, um, let's say three pieces of the same size. And okay, then so we just choose the third. Okay, I, I split that. So this is from zero to a third, from a third to two thirds, and from two thirds to one. And let's make those, um, those parts also disjoint so um, it, there is no overlap. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, and then we know, so we have one number, but we have, well, three disjoint sets. Yeah. No, the number is in the union of these three sets. So yeah. there needs to be exactly one portion that the number is in. Yeah. That Meaning is, that that, is true. yeah. yeah. So on the other hand, we have two parts of the interval. Uh, so two, two uh, sorry, we have two other thirds where this number is not contained. Well, it and could, is, in, yeah, okay. But there, there could be some borderline cases, right? So if, if I mean, you, you, you said you make it disjoint, I, I sympathize with that. But uh, so if, if, if we really had a borderline case, say X1 is a third, then it really depends on the choice I make from the interval. So I think to be safe there, is to then go to the interval it, it definitely is not in. So from taking then the interval from two thirds to one, because the other one, the other thing is coming with a borderline case. So in, in order to exclude that, I just take the, the, the this, this third interval where we can be sure it's definitely not in. Yeah, so make, let's make sure that, um that our element is not contained in the interval that we choose. And okay. we have plenty of choices and there's always one interval um, that we can choose. And let's choose this and let's say it has boundaries A1 and B1 on, okay. the, on the right hand side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, I so, so I have um, uh, the first, the first uh, element of the sequence is definitely not contained in A1, B1, okay. So uh, now, what, what do I do with um, X2 then? Well, we now um, narrow down our view and uh, say, well, um, let's do just the same thing we did for X1 again for X2. Okay. Okay. Well, we, I can do that. So I, 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 uh, I divide this um, interval from A1 to B1 into three pieces. Uh, and then I can choose one third uh, that we can be sure of. X2 is not contained in this third. Okay, well, fair enough. That makes sense. Um, and I can, I can now do that for, for every natural number, right? So um, what, what to, to, I, I have now constructed um, an interval A2, B2. And now what to do with X3? Well, now uh, we use a principle uh, in mathematics that is called induction. So we now do the same procedure. We have done now one step or actually maybe two steps already. 
And we do this now for every natural number. So for the nth element of our, um, of our sequence xn, we once again choose from the um, surrounding uh, interval a, uh, a n um, minus one, b n minus one, the sub interval that does not contain xn to make sure that this one condition that we, that we uh, use to construct the intervals for x1 and x2, namely that this element is not contained in the interval is still maintained in some ah, sense. That is, that is really cool. So I, uh, we, we constructed now uh, a sequence of intervals all, yeah. con all contained in each other with the property that once um, I, uh, I go to an element xk say, then for all bigger indices, uh, uh, AK, BK, or AL, BL, or whatever I call those indices, uh, I'm sure that, A, that XK is definitely not contained in that. Yeah. Do you see another property of these intervals or this, the sequence of intervals that we constructed? Mm, well, I think since, since we are always choosing third, uh, uh, a third of a portion of the interval previous chosen, uh, I think our integral uh, our interval sizes is, is uh, shrinking too. So it's one, one third uh, of, of, of the interval before and so on and so on. So I think the interval uh, in the nth step is of the size one over three to the power of n. That's rather small. Yeah, and it gets smaller every time that we um, that we go to the next index. So um, that makes sense. Yeah. So if we now um, look maybe just at the left endpoints of our sequence of intervals, what yeah. properties can we expect from this sequence of left endpoints of our interval? So that is the, our sequence a n, and yeah. since the interval sizes are shrinking, I think uh, a n can only increase. Yeah. So this is also the point um, where we uh, see it's important that all the intervals that we constructed are contained in each other. So the yeah. left endpoint has no other choice than to either remain or wander to the right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's that's. I, I didn't I didn't see that fully. You're, you're completely right. Yeah, yeah. This is this is really cool. But then uh, in turn, uh, since our intervals are contained in each other, the sequence Bn is uh, getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. So this one is always moving to the left. So what we see here is we have constructed a sequence of intervals that are contained in each other, which leads to two separate sequences that are monotonically increasing for the left-hand side of our intervals and monotonically decreasing for the right-hand side. Ah, yeah. This is this is this is what I. Um, this is this is a cool thing. But now, uh, what do we do with that? I mean, we have now constructed two sequences, uh, and 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 we 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 kind of know that um, our originally con uh, considered sequence X n is eventually not contained in any of those intervals uh, constructed. So, but but what to do with that? Well, once we have a sequence of of real numbers, we can ask ourselves, well, do they have a limit? And, ah, uh, yes. Yeah, that is a cool thing. Okay. Yeah, we so ask. What, what about the limit of uh, a n and b n? I, I, 
roughly remember a couple of weeks back, uh, we had an episode where we discussed those things. And if we have a monotonically uh, increasing sequence that is bounded above, uh, we have a limit because the real numbers are complete. And so we can expect this to happen. And uh, the other way around, if we have a monotonically decreasing uh, sequence that is bound below, we can also have a limit. Okay, so AN and BN all have limits now. Um, are they distinct or what, what happens with these? Well, now it's, uh, it's a good thing that our um, construction um, also uh, involves that the, uh, that the distance between AN and BN is shrinking. Recall that um, the size of the intervals, how we constructed them is also um, shrinking like powers of one over three. Yes, so it, it goes to zero. Yeah, true. Ah, so eventually those limits are, are the same. Yeah, so this is a, a nice application, I would say, of the sandwich uh, theorem for sequences. Yeah, true. So we can true. construct the sequence of intervals that shrinks, that shrinks into one point okay. uh, in the end, which we call the limit. Um, but so I think this is also a very important concept of real numbers that comes into play here because um, this is one application of uh, the completeness axiom. Yeah. Um, this is a point where we really need that uh, the numbers that we talk about are uh, part of the real numbers. Yes, because those, those guys um, can be, I mean, we, we could have constructed uh, the same way also rational numbers, but we wouldn't have had um, the property that uh, those, those numbers necessarily uh, uh, converge to some limit. Okay, so we call this limit now x. What happens with this x? Well, let me say that now our proof uh, is almost done. So we have one candidate x, and we have a sequence of x ends that, um, as we stated in the beginning, should visit every element of the of this interval from zero one uh, once. Yeah, it should be a bijection yeah. between the yes, natural yes. numbers and yes. all numbers of this um, of this interval. So, but ah, but how we, did we construct this x? We how never did we find we it. Can never visit x because mm -hmm. our x ends are uh, definitely not contained in those a n and b ends. Ah, yes. that's fantastic! Wow, that's a very intriguing proof. Nice. Yeah, so this is our contradiction. So um, we assumed that this interval was countable. We derived the contradiction from it, meaning that our initial assumption, namely that the interval is countable, was wrong. So the interval from real numbers from zero to one is indeed uncountable. And so what about the set that we originally started with, the real numbers? What, do, well, what does this result tell us about real numbers? I think, well, this is now easy because uh, if we have something uh, that is contained in the real numbers and the something was already uncountable, we cannot expect the real numbers to be countable. Uh, so we have now proved also that the real numbers uh, are uncountable. So we have we've understood finally the headline of this paragraph. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, and of course, they can, you, you, you can um, think of other applications of this. Obviously, it doesn't matter 
whether we have included a zero and one into this closed interval. And even more so, uh, we can also throw away a countable set uh, of numbers uh, of uh, the reals and still, uh, still ending up with an uncountable set. Uh, and there's many other applications of uh, this observation. And I really recommend uh, reading the, the notes and also um, thinking of this a little uh, while, uh, while waiting for, for some <laughs> for, for, for some people making you bread or something, because it really is a, a fun thing to understand the intricacies of infinity. Uh, thank you very much, Fabian, for this uh, wonderful episode and for explaining us the uh, proof of the uncountability of R uh, with this very nice um, application of uh, completeness of R. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, thank you very much. And uh, we see you guys or hear you guys or you listen to us maybe next time. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. In this episode, we learned the fantastic proof of the uncountability of R. And then just play around a bit with uh, the idea of uncountability and think of if the reals without the rationals, is this a countable or uncountable set? Well, I'm sure you figure it out. Hear you next time at Well Defined and Wonderful.